Well, it's been a, a great pleasure and an honor for us to start reading our books, Faith Like Potatoes. You might be asking yourself a question, where did a name like that come from? Well, I can honestly tell you it never came from me. There was a Scottish preacher, Peter Marshall. He had an incredible way with words. They say that students used to come and sit in the back of his meetings just to hear him speak the English language. And he said to his students one day, you must have faith, faith that is tangible, faith that you can touch, faith that you can see, faith like <laughs> potatoes. Chapter three, a new beginning. I couldn't see the proverbial light at the end of the tunnel. My back was against the wall and I didn't know what to do. A proud man, my life was beginning to crumble before my eyes as we literally lived on the smell of an oil rack. We had nothing left. The final straw came one day when I left my Zulu foreman, Simeon Bengu, in charge of the farm. Simeon, I told him, I'm going to take the laborers back to Zululand in the truck. Look after the farm while I'm gone and take care of my tractors. I only had two tractors, the second-hand one that had come with us from Zambia and a smaller one that I'd bought later. I returned home about sunset, and as I came to the gate, I saw two men standing underneath a tree. One was my Nduna foreman, and the other was a tractor driver, Isaiah Mtetwa. I knew something was wrong. All right, I said, and now what? Big problem. Big problem? A puncher. They had run out of diesel. What could possibly be wrong? The Nduna shifted uncomfortably from one foot to the other. Big accident. Show me. We walked up a bush track to the field that we were busy plowing and my blood began to boil. I really didn't need this kind of aggravation. We turned the corner and my knees nearly buckled. There lying on its back with the front axle completely ripped off was my large green tractor, my pride and joy, my only means of creating a farm in this dense bushveld. Isaiah had allowed Simeon to drive the tractor, something I had expressly forbidden. He had taken the corner too fast and hit a tree stump. I looked at my tractor in despair. The exhaust pipe and manifold was completely crushed. The battery was hanging upside down by the terminals. The oil and diesel were everywhere. I could not believe what I was seeing. I stood there silently for a moment, and then I turned on them with murder in my eyes and they both ran for their lives into the maize crop. Come back, I shouted. It's okay, let's see what we can do. As they came back gingerly, I had another look at the hunk of metal that used to be my tractor, and I lost total control. I swung my fists at them, and those two men ran for their lives. I was very far from the Lord at that moment. Once I'd cooled down and taken stock of myself, I went to look for Simeon and Isaiah. You'll have to help me. We'll have to work every night. There's nothing else we can do. We will have to fix this tractor ourselves because I don't have money to call a mechanic. They agreed. It would take hours of hard work into the early hours of the morning before we could get that tractor into running order. Without it, I couldn't plow or disc my fields and time for planting was running short. That night, I couldn't sleep. I felt like I was driving a motor vehicle down a highway with my foot jammed against the accelerator. The engine was screaming, but I couldn't switch it off. I felt totally out of control. 
and I was horrified. A proud man, I had been brought up in the old school. Cowboys don't cry. Keep a stiff upper lip, that sort of thing. I thought I was having a complete heart attack. I knew I had better see the doctor fast before I had a total nervous breakdown. He was a friend of mine. We played polo cross together. Angus, he said, take these pills and they'll sort you out, quieten you down a bit. Are these tranquilizers? I said, yes, just take them. I was shattered. I didn't think that I would ever get to the place where I needed tranquilizers. That unnerved me even further. That night I took one, but it didn't help me at all. I was wide awake at night. My engine would just not shut down. I knew I was in deep trouble. I had become accepted in my district. I had had a bumper crop. All my debts were paid, but I was totally empty inside. My biggest dream was to own my own farm, and I had succeeded. But at what cost? Having the title deeds in my name made no difference to me at all. I was a broken man. I didn't know where to run. Surely I thought I should be more than satisfied. I have a lovely wife and children. We have a beautiful farm in the Natal Midlands, and it was really doing well. What more could a man want? But still the emptiness inside of me grew stronger and stronger. I'd go off to the golf club every Friday evening, down a couple of beers. Maybe they would fill that gap. Sometimes I had more than normal, but the emptiness remained. One Saturday night, the local Methodist church invited us to a lay witness mission. Jill and I went very reluctantly. It was a strange experience for me. I walked into the hall and looked at all those people singing. Some of them had their hands raised. Others were clapping. I don't need this, I said to myself as I looked longingly at the door. An elderly couple sat next to us. Why don't you come to church tomorrow morning, Frank Cambridge said. The lay witness mission are having the service. His wife, Myra, nodded in agreement. My heart was touched. These people were so happy and caring, so at peace, and they were actually interested in me. I hadn't been to church for years. I used to say that my church was the local country club. I hesitated for a moment. Yes, I said, we will be there. We got up early on Sunday morning, dressed the children, and set off for the service. We were a wee bit late, and the church was full. The Lord has a real sense of humor. In we trooped and had to walk right to the front of the church. Everybody knew that Angus Buchan and his family were in church that morning. Good morning, farmer. It was Frank Hamridge. I began to feel relaxed. At least I knew somebody. There was a real air of expectancy that morning, and an excitement began to bubble in my spirit. The speaker told us that laymen would be sharing their testimonies, and I sat there with my mouth open as I listened to them. For the first time in my life, I saw big, strong men cry like babies as they told how the Lord had taken care of their needs, restored their businesses, and done many wonderful things in their lives. One guy was a building contractor. He started weeping as he told how his business had gone down and he had contemplated taking his life. Then he found Jesus and now he has a reason to live. Another shared how his marriage had broken up and the Lord had brought him and his wife together again. My heart cried out for reality. I had no interest in religion. I wanted to know more. What about you? Would you like to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today? I looked at the speaker 
and knew that was exactly what I wanted to do. Jill and I walked to the front with many others and knelt in his presence. We prayed the sinner's prayer and a miracle happened. Jesus came into our lives. I knew he had. I didn't feel anything, no bells ringing, no lightning flashes, just a deep assurance in my soul. In fact, it was only three days later when I was walking through the maize fields that the penny dropped. I knew that Jesus Christ was now in total control of my life. No matter what happened, my Lord would take care of everything and an amazing peace came over me. From that moment, I called those fields my green cathedral. That's where I love to walk and talk with the Lord. Jesus was mine and I was his forever. A couple came to see us on the farm that Sunday that we gave our lives to the Lord. We saw you respond at the altar call this morning. Did you mean it? Eustace and Trish Van Royen looked me in the eye. I did with all my heart and so did Jill. If you mean business with Jesus, then I challenge you to tell the first three people that you meet tomorrow morning, without exception, what has happened to you. That was a challenge. Friday night I was in the pub with the boys. Sunday morning I gave my life to Christ. My friends were rough characters like me, and they would be taken completely by surprise. I knew I had changed inside. For one thing, I had the filthiest mouth in town, and the Lord delivered me from swearing instantaneously. This was definitely not the old Angus Buchan. I would do it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Faith Like Potatoes.